Welcome to the Andrea K Show. Smooth like butter, sweet like honey. Looks so good like she made of money. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Yes, it's all mine. I am Andrea Kay, starting a whole new week here of the Andrea Kay Show. Couldn't be happier to be here with you guys, even though we had just textbook, chamber of commerce, weather going on in San Diego this weekend. I just enjoyed myself so much in spite of some uh, really sad news that happened in the country over the weekend. And so I'm always glad that I get to come back in and start a new week with you guys here from 6 to 8 p.m. every day, get to bring you guys the latest, my perspective on everything and get to share this time with you guys. 888-344-1170. Write that number down. (coughs) Excuse me. Ah, I got a little piece of cookie caught in the back of my throat. 888-344-1170. Got lots of different topics for you guys to weigh in on tonight. Of course, we're also streaming live right now on the Answer San Diego Facebook page. Keep those comments rolling there. I do read them throughout the show. And I, because, I, you know, I, I like to interact with you guys. I don't, we don't just come on here and just tell you what the headlines are and just report what's happening out there. We want this to be a dialogue. I like to come on and share my, my opinions, my views of what's happening, provide what I think is great analysis. But I want to know what you guys have to say about it as well. 888-344-1170. We're going into primaries. Tomorrow is a huge day in Pennsylvania, North Carolina. There's big stuff happening in Georgia. So I've got my man, Brian Maloney from Red Wave America is going to be here at the bottom half of the hour and tell us what everything, what would give his expert analysis. Brian's not just been in media for many years, but he's also been involved in some of the highest profile campaigns, including the Senate runoff in, Jan- in January of 2021. So he's going to be here to share his perspective on that. There's an incredible, interesting hearing happening tomorrow in dc i'm going to share with you guys later and uh, see if what you guys think about that so you're going to want to stay tuned for this interesting amazing somewhat shocking hearing that's taking place tomorrow before i get into the shocking news that took place over the weekend in buffalo and up the street from us here in san diego and laguna before i go any further talking about that i got to bring in this man it's dj potato skins yesterday i met in this very room as to the hearings that are coming up, live long and prosper. <laughs> There's a little bit of a tease for y'all about that. Um, okay, on a serious tip. So this weekend we had a mass shooting that took place in uh, Buffalo in a grocery store. I did not read uh, the manifesto of the guy who pulled the trigger and decided to go kill a bunch of people. I didn't read it for a variety of reasons. Um, I'm not necessarily, I'm going to say something controversial right now because this is a hate crime, right? It's being investigated as a hate crime. There would be charges of a hate crime, uh, hate crimes involved here. Um, First of all, I do, before I give my analysis, because it will probably be considered controversial here in a moment, I do want to lift up my thoughts and prayers for the families of the victims involved, both at this uh, grocery store in Buffalo, as well as the the family of the dead man hero who died in the church shooting uh, yesterday, uh, part of the Taiwanese community, as well as the other five that were injured. I want to lift up my thoughts and prayers for them. 
But as we are looking at these stories, it's important that we look at them without emotions being a part of it, that we look at as much as possible, right? Because we know that historically these things, these mass shootings become politicized the second they happen. We have a history here of as bodies are lying, bleeding out, where we have the vultures, the political vultures picking the bones literally before families have even been notified, whether we're talking about Boston at the Boston Marathon, whether we're talking the Pulse nightclub, San Bernardino. Nadino immediately, Aurora, Colorado, immediately, how can we pin this on? How can we blame Republicans, some t- some Republican organization like Tea Party, Trump, MAGA? How can we blame America for this? All in order to exploit this tragedy for power. And at a time where we should be just praying over the families of those who's lost loved ones, at a time in which we should be unifying around that, it's division. And isn't that what hate crime, I've been saying this for years, hate crimes legislation is not about equality. It's not about equity. It's about division. In fact, according to our criminal justice, and y'all know, you long-time Andrea Keisha listeners know that I am a true crime um, uh, watcher. It's something that I find very interesting and fascinating. I watched uh, three or four different stories over the weekend. And did you guys know that when it comes to murder and murder charges in this country, it is not necessary to prove a motive. You don't have to prove a motive. In fact, motive doesn't matter. Unless you've got a unless you've got a circumstantial case, as the as in the case that I watched either on Dateline NBC or twenty twenty Friday night with this woman who um, shot her husband in the top of his head while he slept, and you know her reason for murdering him wasn't because of his skin color. Does it matter? Is it any worse that some guy took the lives? Of strangers in a grocery store because supposedly he didn't like their, you know, brand of, you know, human being. Is that somehow worse than a woman who shoots her husband she's been married to for 30 years in the head because she's trying to avoid the fact that she was cooking the books and she's about to get busted by the IRS? Can you tell me that one is any worse than any other? To the families of the dead, it's not. So why do we have hate crimes legislation? It is inherently divisive, and that was the, that was the desire behind, behind it. It's, it's a way to elevate one class of victim over another, and that should not be happening in the United States of America. Crime is supposed to be, our criminal justice system is supposed to be blind. That's why Lady Justice has blindfolds over her eyes. The solution, conservatives, is not to continue to point out all day long, well, he's going to Buffalo, he should be going to Waukesha, where a black man named Daryl Brooks mowed down a bunch of people because he was anti-Semitic. That's not the solution. The solution isn't for Joe Biden and the Democrats to be called out that Joe Biden's not coming out to Laguna up the road from us by about an hour and a half to go to this church where some Chinese national went in and shot up the place because he's got an ax to grind with, with the Taiwan community. The solution is, is that we get back to what this country was founded on. It's the rule of law, which is blind, no matter what the color is of the person who commits the act of murder or whether the, the color of the person who has been murdered. To me, it's really simple. And Republicans should have never supported hate crimes legislation in the first place because look where we're at. It's being used to divide and used to divide to the degree to where there's still people who believe in this country that Michael Brown said hands up and don't shoot before he got shot or that Trayvon Martin was targeted because he was a black kid in a hoodie eating Skittles. 
And then, of course, we've got the obligatory, you know, here comes, I think, in fact, we've got, I think we've probably got a clip, yes, we do, of Nancy Pelosi talking about gun control. Clip two. So it, there has to be, there has to be, and, and it's overwhelmingly popular, and, and people of, uh, members of the NRA, gun owners, hunters, and all the rest, they have to have a background, a background they have to have uh, uh, the background check why shouldn't everyone who wants to have a gun have that? And we'll see. Now, would it solve every challenge we have? Maybe not, but it would take us a long way. So this is, uh, this is about safety. And safety is the, what we've taken oath to protect and defend the Constitution. The inference to be drawn is the safety also of the American people. Okay, let's talk about gun control. This guy was known. Right. Let's start. Let's start with this. This dude who pulled this uh, Peyton Gendron or whatever his name is. He was known. He was known by the authorities, just like the shooter at Parkland. This guy had made a threat against the high school, and instead of it being treated uh, properly, he was given a mental evaluation, just like the kid down in Parkland. Major Nadal Hassan was known. The Sarnayev brothers was known. They're all known. What about these, what, you want gun control laws, Nancy Pelosi? How many red flag laws did we have be implemented across this country, like in the state of New York? And the idea behind the red flag laws is that somebody who supposedly has a mental health issue not be able to carry guns. Why wasn't that put in play here? Gun control laws only work, first of all, they don't work at all, because in the case of the San Bernardino shooters, they just went and got guns from some family member. So, you know, there's never been a gun control law that stopped a bad guy from getting a gun when he wanted to get a gun and shooting up people. But let's say they do work. They can't work if they're not implemented. They know that it doesn't work. They don't care that it doesn't work, which is why Mayor uh, Lori Lightfoot didn't bother to be in Chicago this weekend, which you know has, as people have said over and over, just doesn't even bear repeating anymore about the level of, of violence and murder, black-on-black crime. But see, that's why they don't care about that. That's why hate crimes legislation is so egregious. Because not only does it diminish the murders of, let's say, a white victim in this country, but it even diminishes the murders of black-on-black crime. They don't matter. They don't care about these black victims. It's not about black lives. Black lives don't matter to them. Unless there's somehow some power that they're going to derive from it, right? That's what matters to them. And then this whole thing came about today. I hadn't even heard of this. Skins, had you heard before, before this, the great replacement theory? No, I, I thought that maybe this is something that, uh, you know, you and I definitely should have heard of. First time for me. Yeah, I'm just now hearing that there's something called the great replacement theory that they've been trying to hang on Tucker Carlson. And to the degree that I guess um, they're trying to even blame this shooting on him. But I did a little digging into what is this replacement theory today? You know who's actually behind the idea of the replacement theory, the great replacement theory? It's about it's it's actually about. Making white America become the minority. It's not about white supremacy in this country. If we were the majority, what would there need to be a replacement theory on? This is a classic case of the Democrats projecting what their game is. They're always guilty of what they accuse the Republican Party of being. In fact, wouldn't that be, doesn't it make sense? In fact, Joe Biden, there was a clip that was around on Twitter 
today of which he's talking about. You know what? Yeah, uh, pretty soon, you know, the white American's not going to be the majority anymore. And isn't that and that was I think that clip was done from Joe Biden saying that back in 2015. And if you look at what he's doing with the border, with the open border. Certainly seems like that's the game plan, right? Then you add in the 150,000 you got to bring in here from Afghanistan with that planned intentional chaotic ending to the Afghanistan war. And then you look at, hey, the Ukrainian war, what what a great way. Suddenly we've got Ukrainians bypassing 27 countries to make their way here through Mexico. Great way to replace U.S. citizens with Democrat voters. Isn't that what this is about? But let's get back to race. Because the Democrats like to accuse the Republican Party and Tucker Carlson and anybody that they can slam as MAGA as being racist. When the reality is, first of all, even before I I, want to play this clip from today was her first day, evidently, Corrine Jean-Pierre. And I was particularly offended by some comments she made. But before we move on from the attempt to blame Tucker and MAGA and everybody else from being those that are the bigoted racist. The one thing that I did learn about this uh, 18-year-old that I found particularly interested, uh, interesting that the Democrats aren't pointing out, this is according to Ian Miles Chong. He says the suspected Buffalo Shooters Manifesto features the black sun symbol used by the Azov Battalion in Ukraine. He says... Um, In social networks, an 18-year-old American shot people in a store in Buffalo. Ten people were killed, mostly blacks. In social networks, they noticed that before the crime, the killer posted an occult symbol of the sun on his page, exactly the same as on the emblem of Ukrainian neo-Nazi battalion Azov. But it's Trump and MAGA and Tucker that are the racists and bigots here? How much money have we spent so far in Ukraine, uh, the total amount the U.S. has allocated to the war in U- Ukraine after 10 weeks is $54 billion. The average annual amount the U.S. has spent for its war in Afghanistan, $46 billion. Projected U.S. expenditure on the war in Ukraine for one year, $554 billion. To support the people, uh, some of which share the same ideology as this kid who just shot up a, a, a grocery store in Buffalo. Who's the racist here? Who's the racist and the bigots? It's not MAGA. Let me play you a clip of what I think is some bigotry. Clip seven. I just want to say a few words about how honored I am to be here with all of you today uh, in this role, in this room, standing behind this podium. I am obviously acutely aware uh, that my presence at this podium uh, represents a few firsts. Uh, I am a black gay immigrant woman the first of all three of those to hold this position. I would not be here today if it were not for generations of barriers, barrier-breaking people before me. I stand on their shoulders. If if it were not for generations of barrier-breaking people before me, I would not be here. When I played that clip for Skins earlier, he's like, I don't care. Right. You know how this reminds me of when Halle Berry won the Academy Award for the Best Actress. I think it was the first time for an African-American won it. She won it for, I can't remember the name of the movie. I thought the movie was really dreadful and boring, but, you know, I love her. Uh, Monster's Ball. Uh, you know, I thought, you know what would have been groundbreaking, Halle Berry, is if you didn't mention your skin color at all. You know how you get rid of racism when you stop talking about it. All this woman did was remind us of how she got the gig because she couldn't even get that statement out without stumbling and bumbling and being inarticulate. You're not supposed to be 
to me. You want to prove to me that you're the right person for the job. You don't mention any qualifications other than demonstrating your ability to communicate and be a spokesperson. But quite frankly, who you choose to have sex with, what your skin color is, is not a qualification for a job. This is divisive and it's racist and bigoted. And it made me angry because this is about continuing to further the division in this country instead of healing it. And that's what they aim to do. And that's what hate crimes legislation does. And the Republican Party needs to stop supporting this kind of nonsense. Every Republican in that room and every person in the media should say, why did you just tell us that? It's irrelevant to your job. Are you telling us right now that you're not qualified to do this job? And the only reason why you got it is because you're a black gay immigrant. That should have been asked. I would have, if I had been there, but see, that's why Andrea Kay would never be invited to such an event. We're going to take a break. When we come back, is there good news for the baby formula shortage? We will tell you when we come back. This is the Andrea Kay Show on AM 1170, The Answer. You're listening to the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show, 888-344-1170. I'm already getting emails from people about a certain topic I'm going to be talking about later. There's a hearing tomorrow do, 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 on a certain subject. Live long and prosper. Live friend. long and prosper. We're going to be talking about that a little bit later. 888-344-1170. I'm already getting emails on that topic. Um, you can always email me anytime, by the way, at andreakshow.com. Okay, so um, the baby formula shortage um, is continuing to be a problem for the families out there. Is there going to be a solution anytime soon? First of all, let's play you guys a little update on where the situation stands for America. Clip three. With store shelves still barren across the country, more parents are forced to face their worst fears. How am I going to feed my baby? A question new mom Stephanie Jones never thought she would ask. You definitely are trying everything in your power to see what you can do and how you can get the formula. As of this morning, a record 43% of popular baby formulas are out of stock, with major retailers putting limits on how much parents can buy. You know, I've gone to pretty much every store and every called every store to search for it, and we can't find it anywhere. With criticism mounting over the White House's response, President Biden is defending his administration's efforts to solve the crisis. This is a process. We're working on it very, very hard. There's nothing more urgent. The White House now promising increased production, additional formula from overseas, and more availability to low-income families. It is a national emergency that's amplified in our low-income population who are mostly minority people and people of color. Now, Congress is demanding answers from the four companies that control 90% of formula manufacturing on how they plan to address the crisis. Meanwhile, parents are growing more desperate. Milk banks across the country reporting record levels of requests for donor milk. These are the um, thermal bags that it gets put in. Good morning. You guys getting ready to go home? And pediatricians handling calls around the clock. I've never thought I would see this in my life. I've been practicing for 15 years now. Medical experts say under no circumstance should parents dilute formula or try to make their own. And most of all, no hoarding. And the Biden administration has set up a website. If you're searching for formula, it is at hhs.gov. All right, so um, 
Let's just break that down for a minute. First of all, of course, they're pushing it out that this is a problem more for minorities. Um, I guess people who are minorities or low-income workers, I guess if you're a high-income person, it's okay for your child to starve. I guess that's the argument being made there. Um, I think what it is is uh, then, of course, they've got to shift the blame to four companies that are the manufacturers. I think we've got to ask ourselves in this country why we're down to only four manufacturers why we don't have enough competition in the marketplace. And of course, that gets, gets into a deeper economic discussion about how hard we've made it in this country for companies, particularly manufacturing, to start a company and grow a company in the economic environment that we have, P- particularly when you, you look at the labor, the labor cost in this country and how difficult it is from taxation and regulation and all the labor. It's almost impossible. So, of course, we don't have enough companies making it. Then you add in the fact that the FDA decided to shut down a facility that says that the bacteria that killed two infants was never present in their in their labs, never present. And you have to ask yourself why this would be the case, why they would shut down Abbott Labs. Now, of course, they've they've supposedly today only on the heels of the screaming and crying of American parents, and really, quite frankly, after the revelation from Kat Kamek that they were sending stocking and loading up the shelves of illegals, only then did they decide to supposedly reach a deal with Abbott Labs in order to uh, resume um, production. Um, and at the details of which have not been released. However, Abbott has said it would take at least eight weeks to begin shipping new products to the stores. That's to begin shipping. And then what's the cost going to be? Because we already know that we've got a shortage of diesel fuel. We know diesel fuel rates, uh, uh, prices are skyrocketing. So this is sure looking a lot like a manufactured crisis. In the meantime, the FDA has put out rec- uh, their guidelines for baby formula safety. Do... According to them, choose a safe infant formula from where it ain't on the shelves. Do properly prepare and store formula. Thanks for telling us what to do with formula we don't have. C, do properly clean and store infant feeding items. Thank you for telling the moms out there they're supposed to be washing their bottles and the nipples. Here's what's on the don't. Don't make homemade formula. Excuse me? Say what, Fauci? Oh, Fauci's with the CDC and the NIH and the NIAID, which is no different than the FDA. Uh, Number two, don't feed your baby cow's milk or diluted formula unless instructed by a doctor. C, don't buy formula online that is from outside the U.S. I have a question. Yeah. If there's no formula to be bought in stores and the government really isn't working very fast, what do they expect people to do? Good question. They're telling there and it's all every bit of this is about control. Every bit of this is about it's there's I don't even have time to get into all the different ways in which this is exactly the same playbook as COVID. It's about it's about enacting misery on you so that when the government comes in with a rescue, you're grateful to Look the it, government. We're here to help. It's going to be a while, yes, but we're here. A manufactured crisis that has fear and Panic used to induce submissiveness to the U.S. government. How dare they tell? And this is also a part of the trend of seizing control over the children from the parents, because now they're trying to tell you, just like COVID, just like in the CRT, just like in the in the transing of children, giving instructions to parents, telling parents what they should be feeding their children. No goat's milk. No, um, don't make homemade formula. What do you think people did before Similac was on the shelves? Or infamil. Hello. Yeah. Next thing you know, they're going to come out and say, 
um, don't you, that uh, breast milk is bad and don't be breastfeeding. So um, there's that. And and then, you know, Canada doesn't have a problem. Their shelves are stacked. Shelves are loaded. So they're telling you don't, don't get it from, from another country. Why? Is it against the you law? You have to get it somehow. Uh, you know, you can order you can order all kinds of products from everywhere else in the world. I can go to Etsy right now. I just bought some earrings for my little nieces. I didn't even know they came from Glasgow, Scotland. I didn't even think about it. Uh, so you can you can get you can get anything you want from around the world, but not baby formula. Why is that against the law? Why? There's no reasonable explanation for any of these do's and don'ts except the government trying to exploit an opportunity, manufacture a crisis, and exploit a crisis for power. Particularly, all I can think of is if you get it from Canada, that means you're not getting help from the government. That's right. This is all about continuing the government control over your lives and getting between parents and their children. All right, we're going to take a break. Huge, huge happenings around the country on the primaries. Lots of stuff to talk about from Pennsylvania to North Kakalaki, where I was born. And we're going to talk to my dear friend Brian Maloney from Red Wave America about that. And then later on... There's a hearing coming up about tomorrow we're going to talk about. So don't go away. This is the Andrea K. Show on AIM 1170, The Answer. Andrea K. Telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Let's take a little... Little ride all the way to the East Coast out by way of Pennsylvania and North Carolina because there's some primaries happening tomorrow. And of course, I got to bring in my buddy, the man who knows all things happening. He's just been inside so many of the big campaigns. And so he's here to give y'all what could be the inside scoop of what could be going on in some of these races. And of course, y'all know I'm talking about my buddy, my comfort food, my spicy fried chicken, Brian Maloney. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, the intros get better every time. They really do, Andrea. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm just feeling like I'm kicked back right now. I'm leaning back in my chair like I'm in a low rider, um, like from the song Low Rider from my band War, who I've seen a million times in New Orleans. And I'm just in that kind of mood. See, I just get all relaxed when I got my man Brian Maloney on hey, the show with that me. Is a that is a great mood to be in. <laughs> an evening talk show. Uh, just feeling, you know, mm-hmm. feeling in the in the groove. That's right, baby. All right. So speaking of being in a groove, I got to talk to you about what's going on in Pennsylvania, because it looks like Dr. Oz might be getting into his groove. I think he took the lead over Kathy Barnett. She's come out to today and said, look, if I don't get the if I don't win the primary, if I don't win the nomination here for Pennsylvania, I'm not going to vote Republican because there's no win for us. There's no point in having somebody squishy. But she's come under fire the past few days because she hasn't been transparent about her military background. Her positions have shifted from more far, even far left than Oz was years ago. And, you know, Oz is, you know, he, you know, he's not making me feel any more comfortable because today he was even on my friend's show saying, even after the movie 2000 Mules has come out, he's saying that he's just not comfortable, speaking of being comfortable, he's not comfortable yet saying that uh, the uh, election was stolen or rigged in 2020. These are our two front runners in Pennsylvania, Brian Maloney. What do we do? Yeah, no, yeah, no, this, this is a disaster. Um, because this Pennsylvania Senate seat is critical for retaking the Senate, number one. And two, it's so winnable this year. And it's turning into a total fiasco because, as you've said, both of these candidates have enormous 
skeletons in their closets. And it's just a comparison now of which persons are worse. But the one thing I would say about Kathy Barnett is she's making all the right enemies. Uh, it just from, Good and I'm point. not saying that means I'm going to support her. It just means that, you know, NBC News was out today slamming her for being at the January 6th uh, protest in Washington. So, you know, they're slamming her from the left, saying she's on the far right. She's an insurrectionist. Uh, and then we've got the Fox establishment, Paul Ryan Wing, uh, telling everybody that, you know, that, that whatever about her, you know, I mean, slamming her and promoting Dr. Oz. So we've got that. I mean, we've got basically all the people you want to have against you, she has. So uh, a lot of these uh, never Trump or rhinos are, are furious about her candidacy. So there's that. And the other thing about Oz, you know, there are, you know, you look at her background and her background is simply one of flip flopping because it looks like four or five, maybe six years ago, uh, she might've been a, a left-wing Democrat. I mean, it's, it's kind of what it looks like from her old tweets. You can't tell for sure. That's what it looks like. Uh, but at the same time, you know, Dr. Oz, first of all, this man votes, he votes in Turkey's yeah. elections. Yeah. Now, to me, that is a disqualifier yeah. right there. Yeah. If you are voting in a foreign country's elections, you cannot serve in the United States Congress. And I don't care whether there's a law for that or not. Uh, you know, and I, I haven't even looked into the legality of that. Probably it's not disqualifying legally, but it maybe should be. Somebody, it should be. It should be. It's a law I never even thought of before, but we ought to have that one. And um, because if but, you yeah. because, you know, um, for a variety of reasons, if you care enough about some other country that you're you're involved in their electoral process, then, you know, to me, that tells me you're squishy about being an American. If you yeah. have ties, depending on how deep you, his ties, he served, I believe, in the Turkish military at one point. I, so I wouldn't trust him to be given a security clearance. We cannot well, be afford it, to yeah. be playing fast and loose with people getting into the Senate. Well, and that's it. And he has close ties with the current regime in Turkey. So he, ha- I mean, he, which is not a uh, democratic regime in Ankara. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's a huge issue. But the other one that we haven't mentioned yet is even worse. And that, and you probably know what I'm going to mention next about Oz, and that is that he not only worked in a, in a hospital in China, but it was a People's Liberation Army military hospital. That he and he bragged about it for a long time. I mean, he actually worked on patients who were in the Chinese military. So you know, high level officers and everything else. He was, or whatever. Well, I don't know how often they're hurt, but whatever. But he was stitching up people who who were in the People's Liberation Army. Uh, you know, of the ruling Chinese Communist Party. So that to me is even worse. Yeah. So when you look up, so what I'm telling you right now, Andrea, is if you make me choose between the two, and some people are saying, yeah, but there's some other Republicans in the race. Yeah, but polling wise, none of them have been in the pack here. It's it's a two person. It's a two person race. You know what? Yeah. I, I'm glad that I had you back on to flesh this out. I, I'm Kathy Barnett. I didn't like the she. I didn't like how she handled the military service. But if I'm forced to pick between those two, I'm going Kathy Barnett. Well, can you tell me though what your um, why you're concerned? I looked into the military service issue, and it's not as bad as it's being portrayed. It's a it's a lot of. 
you know, at least it's a little bit of nitpicking. The bottom line is she served her country. Um, what the concern is is she may have exaggerated some of her record, and it's possible that she did. Um, some people are saying, well, she claimed to have served for 10 years, and it looks like it's more like eight and a half or nine I mean, I me. think, yeah, that's that, that's less of a deal breaker to me. I think she overstated. And then when she was asked to produce the goods, the receipts, she didn't have it. And the way she handled it wasn't wasn't no, it wasn't wasn't, wasn't skillfully. It was more about her response, really, than it was about the lack of transparency. Yeah. But let me tell you, I'll still take that any day of the week. Look, if if Trump can overcome the Billy Bush tape, she can overcome not putting out that uh, that form, the N whatever ninety two or whatever it is from the military service. Let's get into yeah. North Carolina because Trump came out today saying, "Give my man Madison Cawthorn another chance." What's going on in North Carolina? See that? I mean, that's a, that's a mess. I mean, I, you know, and the problem is, I mean, the GOP establishment, all the people that you and I despise, like the Kevin McCarthyites, um, you know, they can't, they hate Madison. And that makes me want to support him. But then on the other hand, as we've seen, you and I talked about on the air a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, I mean, he's just had one implosion after another. But then, you know, since you and I talked, he hasn't had any new ones. He <laughs> Good. He hasn't been arrested a third time for trying to bring a loaded gun through the TSA. Good. Yeah. Yeah. He's had like two weeks without a major embarrassing disaster. So maybe if he could continue that, uh, you know, maybe maybe things would. So I don't I'm going to tell you right now, I don't understand why Trump is making the endorsements that he's making, where in some of these, I would stay out. If he didn't like Kathy Barnett, and I'm sorry, forgive me for going back to that for a second. If he didn't like that one, why not just make no endorsement there? So that's number one. And in, in Madison Cawthon's seat, why not just not endorse? Why, you know, because there's there's too much baggage there. And, you know, what what happens when the next scandal emerges with this kid, uh, and then, you know, they, yeah, he's putting he's his real he, right. Yeah. He, he's putting his he's putting his political capital on, you know, red five on roulette, which isn't exactly, uh, you know, the house typically wins on that, you know. So it's yeah. it's 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 just he's playing fast and loose with his with his own credibility. And he's yeah, that's a yeah. He's damaging he's himself a little bit all over the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And, you know. Um, I, I think that in the end for Trump, you know, he will have more wins and he will have losses with his endorsements. But it shouldn't be really about that. It should be about MAGA and America first is what it should be about. We've got empty shelves where American families can't feed their babies. We've got an open border where we're bringing in fentanyl and drug trafficking. Another tunnel was found in San Diego today. We got $30 trillion in debt. Uh, we've got a crime wave across this country from, you know, the Bull- Buffalo shooting to the Laguna Beach church shooting. But you know what? I read a stat today or heard a stat that in, in this year, mm-hmm. in 2022, we've had 202 mass shootings, 202. OK, I no idea. 202. And and by mass, meaning just more than one or two people. A mass doesn't have yeah. to have 10, 10 or more people being shot in it. We've got a crime wave across the country going on and we need MAGA candidates. I'm, I agree with Kathy Barnett on one thing. It's not a value to me to have somebody in there just because they've got an R after their name, because that's how we end up with the Mitch McConnell's 30 years later. Right. Oh, and they're entrenched. Yeah. And, you know, we got to have who else but McConnell's going to know the Senate and be able to, you know, da-da-da. 
good. Uh, oh, we're looking so at. So tired of that. Yeah. And then McConnell goes over there to Ukraine and marches oh, yeah. around with Zelensky, and it was it was oh, just, it just disgusted me. Yeah, absolutely. The and, of it. and let me tell you before I let you go, if it's such a war zone over there, how are they having all these concerts like you two or Bono going over there? How we got all these yeah. Republicans going over there? Republican women going over there in Lebanon Hills? I can't even and walk through my grocery store. Around, it yeah. looks very peaceful and calm there. I, the, the visuals of these things are detrimental to their cost. So we need forty billion sent over there to what looks like, uh, you know, walk in the park on Sunday. And I realize not not all country looks like that right now but come on if it's a war zone they wouldn't be in there walking around you know whatever i mean you know stopping to smell the roses around the city it's ridiculous yeah it is ridiculous and you know one of the things i pointed out at the top of the show with this buffalo shooter is that it was pointed out by people that as they don't you know not by the mainstream media but by those digging into his social media that he had the same neo-nazi emblem that the azov battalion has over there right so you know they're not our friends over there just like this guy isn't who's the real racist going on here brian maloney got to leave it there Thank you for being here. Appreciate your spice and yumminess you bring to my show. Glad to have you. All right. We're going to take a skinny, tiny little break and we come back. We're going to continue the discussion that we started Friday about the World Health Organization and giving our sovereignty over to them. It gets even worse than we talked about on Friday. So y'all come on back. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer. AK, dynamite in a dress. Or just Andrea Kay. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show, 888-344-1170. All right, so on Friday's show, we talked a little bit about uh, the Biden administration, their amendments to basically hand over the sovereignty of the United States of America to the World Health Organization. And, and And when I say... These amendments will hand over the sovereignty of the United States of America to the World Health Organization. I mean it because you could see that under the guise of covid, they were able to seize complete control over every aspect of our country under the guise of health. Schools, healthcare facilities, churches, businesses, restaurants. There was not one industry, what not not one aspect of our life for which they did not have control over. And that will all now become under the hands of the World Health Organization. Here is, and this article is from uh, from a Dr. Claudia Kotka. She's a global health sector intelligence person, public policy and healthcare expert. And what she has to say is, here's what it means. Under the complete control of the World Health Organization, number one, The authority to declare what constitutes a pandemic. In the past, they have changed the definition, so it could be the flu. Remember, you know, uh, just like recently where you had Fauci say, well, the pandemic is over, and then it's, well, it's not really over. There's never been anything definitive going on about COVID, and there never will be going going forward. And now it would it's, it's even worse. Think about, it's bad enough that it was Fauci. Right. It's bad enough that it was the Center for Disease Control, because at least we had the hope that if we got the right people into office, we could get rid of that crap. Now, through through our elective process, now we wouldn't even have that. In fact, Fauci just said. He actually uh, said today, I don't know if you've got the clip handy skins, but he said today what would happen if Trump came back into office. You have that if Trump were to return to the White House as president. 
um, and COVID is still a threat or there's some other public health emergency, would you have confidence in his ability? Uh, would you have confidence in his ability to deal with the, the a pandemic of, of this nature? Would you want to stay on in your post? Uh, well, no, <laughs> to the second <laughs> uh, question. Uh, the, <laughs> the first question I think is, I knew the answer, know, uh, but I had to ask you. Yeah. yeah. Well, first of all, he should not continue. The highest paid elected official, highest paid government worker in the United States of America lied. Fauci lied and people died. And he lied about how many people died. And he caused the death of hundreds of thousands of Americans by denying them therapeutics. These are the facts and they are undisputed. And the reason why the Biden administration has decided, in my opinion, to put forth these amendments and hand over sovereignty is in advance of the Republicans or the Democrats getting control of of Congress and well in advance of another Republican taking over as president. Let's continue with what um, and and Fauci is sitting around getting paid almost five hundred thousand dollars a year collecting. We don't know yet. Uh, uh, Open the books has reported that there was three hundred fifty million dollars in grants that were paid out to to Fauci and several others. We don't know how much he got, but he got twenty three grants. He got twenty. He got at least twenty three pieces of the three hundred fifty million dollars. Um, getting back to what this would do. They would decide what the quarantine requirements are. They could unilaterally decide to put you in a quarantine center or keep you home from work. Think about that. They would determine how the new infection is diagnosed and what tests are used to measure it. The World Health Organization would decide how to prevent or treat the new disease. They could, yet again, deny doctors the ability to treat patients the way they want. The authority to determine which medications are safe and who develops them. They would be in charge of how any new vaccines are promoted, including vaccine mandates. Complete control over every aspect of your life and given over to to the new world order, one world government globalist plan. I know we analyze always a layer deeper here on the show, Andrea. How do you stop something like this? Well, um, we need to... uh, this is in violation of our Constitution, so, you know, we... They don't have the authority to do that. Um, well, have we heard any Republican congressperson, whether even Congressman Biggs talking about this? How how we... Um, he's handing these amendments over to be voted on the U.N. I would assume that what would happen is we would have either a Republican-controlled co- Congress... Um, I'm not really sure. That's a good question. That's a good question legally for like a Tom Debacar. Maybe if you guys know the answer, are you any attorneys out there? This is the big deal. Constitutional attorneys, 888-344-1170. How do we stop this? If this gets voted in, if these amendments get signed in to the World Health Organization, give us a call. See you on the other side of the break. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego.